Good moment, everyone. Uh, this is Lee Mooney, the host of Money's Crazy Mind. Um, unfortunately, I'm not my normal jovial self that I try to be on this show. Uh, in the middle of working on this week's episode, um, I received some unfortunate news that a uh, very good friend of mine unfortunately passed away. Um, he'd been suffering from a few things. Um, he had had diabetes for a while and that started leading to kidney failure uh, and he ended up in assisted living uh, where he unfortunately contracted pneumonia a couple of times. And in that last bout of pneumonia, he um, unfortunately contracted COVID-19. He had been in intensive care on a ventilator and they were just getting ready to remove him from the ventilator and when they went into the room they had found COVID-19 still. Obviously it was very shocking and very last minute and it forced me to have to cancel a couple of interviews that I had scheduled for the original topic of this week's episode. Um, so I had obviously a few things I needed to take care of. Um, and when I was able to come back, um, though the people that I was going to uh, interview were no longer available. So, a couple days went by, and a friend of mine had reached out to me and said, you know, hey, I know you wanted to uh, do a special episode. Um, you know, do you want to do that now? And, you know, I said, yeah, you know, even if it's just for an episode in the can until... I post it, you know, until I need it, um, we can do it that way. And I was still kind of hopeful that I would be able to reschedule with at least one of those guys to bring about the topic that we were originally going to speak on. Um, so this episode that was going to be for the can for later use, unfortunately, is now this week's episode. Um, thank you to that person for making himself available on such short notice. Um, and this episode of Money's Crazy Mind is dedicated to my friend, Todd Florian. Um, this was one of his favorite topics. Um, so I'm glad that this episode actually worked out the way it did. And, um, this one's for you, man. Um, he helped me out at a time when nobody else could and nobody else wanted to. So, for him, I have a very special quote. 
of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most. Hmm. That's Captain James Tiberius Kirk from Star Trek II. Todd, you were there for me when nobody else wanted to be. You helped me out in ways that I don't think you even understood when they were happening. I am forever grateful. And even now, in your death, I am still in your debt. Live long and prosper. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Now, on with the show. Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. everybody hello and welcome to this edition of money's crazy mind this is it guys this is the one i've been waiting for we are discussing my second favorite movie franchise probably of all time back to the future this year marks the 35th anniversary and i brought in back to the future super fan and fellow Northeast Ohio Ghostbuster Matt Grenig to talk about it with me. No monologue this week, no need for one. I think had I not had to go to my normal 9-to-5 job, Matt and I probably would still be talking back to the future. We talk for a long time on this episode, but I couldn't be happier. So, as I said... No monologue this week, just this little introduction. We're going to jump right into it. Matt, what's going on with you? How are you hanging out this week? Oh, I am doing wonderful, man. Just doing the whole COVID work from home thing, dude. The best I can with all this stuff going on. So it's nice to have some positive stuff happening. 
that we can definitely sink our teeth into here. Well, it is. Last year was the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This year marks the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future. Um, and oh. you and I mm-hmm. are definitely, definitely. Ba- ba- Back ba- to the Future ba- super fans. So I couldn't so, think of anything better to better talk about this talk week about than the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future. Absolutely, man. That's uh, <laughs> it was uh, it came it came and went to a lot quicker than I thought it would. But I absolutely um, 35 years, dude, makes me feel old. <laughs> but because yeah, yeah, I'm older than you, so it makes me feel older. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm the same age as Ghostbusters. So, like, you know, when the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters hit, you know, my mom was just like, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, well, I need a Ghostbusters-themed cake. I'm probably (laughs) going to wear my flight suit. Um, And she's sitting here, she's looking at me like I'm crazy. And then I showed her the Ghostbusters 35th anniversary logo, how it just had the slimy 35 next to it and everything. And she's in here, she's like, you want that on top of your cake, don't you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I was, I was four. I was mm. four years old when Ghostbusters came out. Yeah. So, and then, and I think with the Back to the Future, I was five. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, but anyways, yeah, we, we don't want to get too far back in the Ghostbusters. We want to concentrate right. here on, on the BTTF, so. All right, so. How I actually got into Back to the Future is really freaking nuts. Like, we're old enough to remember, some of the people that listen to this may not be, the old Midnight movie on the local channels. Oh, are you talking like Big Chuck and Little John type stuff? Well, Big Chuck and Little John here in the, in the Cleveland area, but also uh, Channel 5, the ABC affiliate here in Cleveland, um, they would do, like, right after the news would end, because they don't have, you know, The Tonight Show, or they didn't have David Letterman, so they would always have the midnight movie, so it always came on after the local 11 o'clock news. Okay. All right. Um, so, it was a Monday night, and I know this because the only reason my TV would have been on a local channel was after my VCR <laughs> cut off... From recording Monday Night So I must have woken up when the VCR clicked off and the TV clicked on. And it was the end of this movie. And I got kind of interested in it. Um, It was right at the part where this kid was burning a book in a barrel. And there was this flying car with an old crazy dude in it. And the car got hit by lightning, and the car disappeared. And then this guy came up to the kid and handed him a letter from the guy that just blew up, or so you thought blew up. And then he goes running somewhere and then shows up on another street with the exact same guy that you thought just blew up. So then I wake up, you know, when I woke up the next morning, I went up to my mom, and I'm like, I'm telling her all these things that happened, and she's like, you're talking about Back to the Future, She's like, but not the first one, the second one. How the hell were you watching Back to the Future Part 2? And I, you know, I told her. And I'm like, do we own these movies? You said that was the second one, which means that there's one that comes before it. Mm-hmm. So she hands me this home-recorded VHS that says Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part 2 on it. I guess what had happened was, was back again... When we were kids, the cable company used to give you like a week or a weekend 
of free previews of the movie channels. Right, like HBO, Cinemax. Mm-hmm. So I guess on one of those free weekends, they recorded Back to the Future 1 and 2 off of HBO. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's how people, that's how we had a, not to get off topic, but mm-hmm. I had a, my parents had, I had this one tape I used to watch all the time. It had Goonies, mm-hmm. Gremlins, mm-hmm. and Return of the Jedi. And those were all recorded from, I think, Showtime or, yeah, Showtime or Cinemax. Yeah. When they had that free weekend. Mm-hmm. And they must have been showing Back to the Future 1 and 2 back-to-back because, obviously, like, in between it says coming up next on blah, 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 and it'll say because they missed, like, the first couple of seconds of Back to the Future, like, where the clocks are ticking and it just says, you know, Steven Spielberg presents a a Robert Zemeckis film, blah, blah, blah. It kicks on right where the clocks are ticking and you actually see the clocks. So, like, the whole right. title's missing and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. But, you know, sure enough, you know, you get you see Marty McFly walk in, and you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely Back to the Future. And then, then the skateboard hits the plutonium box, and mm-hmm. then the rest is history. Mm-hmm. But that's how I got introduced to Back to the Future. And, like, I almost became, like, and I just actually spoke to my mom about this a couple weeks ago because she saw one of my uh, Welly diecast DeLoreans that I was... Uh, putting the uh, Mr. Fusion back on for the, I don't know how many umpteenth time with super glue. <laughs> the damn thing is so tiny, bro. It's so tiny. Is, it, <laughs> is that the one that's like a one sixteenth? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah and, and it has, it has the, the Mr. Fusion. You have to, it has a little, little thing in the thing and it sets into it and then you mm-hmm. have to glue it in. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, the one on mine broke off and I've nowhere to be found. <laughs> so yeah. At least I have. It survived the fall. It didn't survive the fall. Yeah. Well, at least I still have my Mister Fusion. I guess I can say that. <laughs> well, I have. I have that one from three. I mm-hmm. have the Back to the Future three one still in the box, so I technically still have Mister Fusion. Yeah. So yeah. But um, so she's sitting there and she's like, "I remember after we let you watch Back to the Future one and two on that HBO bootlegged tape, you became as obsessed with Back to the Future as you were as Ghostbusters." And coming from my mom, that's saying something because I'm pretty damn obsessed with Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, sh- dude. Sometimes I question. <laughs> sometimes I question my obsession when I look at yours. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, dude. It's but anyways, I'll let you finish. Sorry. Yeah. So then, um, you know, that summer we took a vacation to Florida as we did every year because my grandmother owns property down there, and they surprised me, my brother, and my sister by taking us to Universal Studios. And back then, Ooh. they still had the Back to the Future ride. <sighs> so I actually. Oh, I actually, killed the ride that. Oh, dude. I actually got to go on the Back to the Future ride when it still existed. So that was my introduction to Back to the Future. And, um, yeah, I mean, it changed my life. Obviously, I'm, I'm a super fan of this and, you know, several other franchises out there. But definitely this and Ghostbusters are one and, one and two. But uh, how did you end up getting introduced to... Uh, See, see, that's where it's a little foggy for me, because mine goes back to around the time when the second movie came out, and so because I I saw the original, because when when the original was made, there was no to be continued at, at the end of the movie, 
And Correct. so the they put be, Jennifer the in the, the car as a joke. Well, yeah, and mm-hmm. well, to be continued was added after the fact because they weren't expecting to make any sequels. Robert Zemeckis has said this many times, and so mm-hmm. has um, Bob Gale. And so they added that after they had the sequels, and then they reprinted the the videos, the VHS cassettes, and then that's when they added the to be continued on the end of one and two. Um, and so basically around that time of two, I saw one. I basically fell in love with it. I'm like, I need to see two. And then I waited and waited and waited. I believe I saw three in the theaters. And so, and that was just the end of it. I didn't, you know, I grew up a little bit. I didn't see it for a while. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind. Same with Ghostbusters because, you know, you're a teenager and you're kind of going through stuff. But then it came back to me and the whole obsession came right back to where it had started the first time. And so, you know, Doc and Marty and Jennifer and, you know, uh, Biff and all the and, and all those other characters, wonderful characters, just, I don't know, I just wanted to be Marty. I wanted to be Marty. I wanted to, I wanted to have Doc as a best friend. Like, I seriously had, like, fantasy, like, daydreams of going on adventures with Doc Brown. And, you know, we'd go to different times in history, you know, see things like, you know, certain ty- certain types of events, like the Gettysburg Address, or, say, like, the, um, the coming of Christ, or, you know, stuff like that, you know. And it has been such a treasured franchise since. And I love... And, and, and I just love the fact that it's so – you can relate to it because you can relate to Marty and his frustrations. You can relate to Doc and his start, and his crazy antics, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody knows a butthead in their life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's it, it's kind of hard to nail it down when exactly it happened, but I do know it happened right around the time of when the second movie came out and I saw the first one because I had seen snippets of it beforehand, but never the full one like I had with Ghostbusters because my grandparents, with Ghostbusters, my grandparents had the original Ghostbusters VHS, the blue, the red and black sleeve. Yep. With the, with the fold, with the, with the flap on the side. Yep. And that's when I, when I first watched it, I think I was six. And, yeah, and that was back in 1986. So, yeah, anyways, but that's basically what happened. I, it, 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 it was a cycle all over in itself. And now Back to the Future is pretty much so close to number one, it's almost overtaking Ghostbusters, you know, to be even, but it's right there. And then, of course, right, right below Back to the Future, I have, the, um, I have Goonies and I have Gremlins. All of those '80s movies, I treasure the shit out of. Pardon, you know. So it's it's I don't know. At at work, dude. Just to stop my rambling. This is it. At work, I am known as '80s pop culture Matt because Matt is obsessed with everything pop culture from the mid to late '80s. No, you can't go wrong with it, man. It was no, include. It was an original thought. I mean, weird science. Yep. You know. 
you look at they don't make those movies like that anymore. For one, because everyone wants to be PC, right? And and two, Hollywood's ran out of ideas. Oh, for sure. So for sure. they're they're rebooting everything, which we'll get to that later. But mm-hmm. it's. It's yeah. I I need to stop. I need to stop because I could go about it. I could talk about it all day. I could just blah, 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 so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, and part of the reason why I love Back to the Future, it's it's kind of the same reason why I love Ghostbusters. I mean, the movies are timeless. You can sit down and you can watch, you know, all three Back to the Futures today in 2020, and sit there and be like. Okay, this movie is just as good as it was in the '80s. It makes just the mm-hmm. sense as it now as it did in 1985. And I think the reason why Back to the Future, especially, works that way—the first one, not necessarily two, because we're beyond 2015, and a lot of the mm-hmm. things that they had in in the, the their stylized version of t- 2015 didn't come true, but. With Back to the Future one, especially and and three, I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw three in there too, is they were very meticulous in making sure that 1955 and 19 or 1885 looked exactly the way that they should have, as authentic as they could, mm-hmm. you know, without getting too cheesy, right. And then the same with 1985. Like, if if you notice, and the Bobs, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis have both talked about this countless times. Um, they were cognizant of the fact that any brand that existed in 1985 that they were going to show on camera had to exist in 1955. So that's why there's no Pepsi. That, or actually, no, that's why there's no Coke. Because Coke kept changing their logo, but Pepsi didn't. Pepsi had the same logo in 1955 as they did in 1985. Same thing with Texaco. And, you know, like every brand that existed, they they wanted it to exist in both times so that they didn't deviate. The one exception to that was California Raisins because Universal was insistent that they used California Raisins as as an on-screen brand because they were giving them a shit ton of money. So they kept saying, but California raisins didn't exist in 1955. We can't have it exist in both parts of the film. So they compromised. And at the end of back to the future one, where Marty comes back to 1985, if you look at the bench that red, the homeless guy is sleeping on the bench is California raisins. Oh my gosh. I never realized that. (laughs) And, um, it, a lot of the information that I'm going to be uh, bringing out as we go further into talking about this, it comes from the Q&A sessions that they did on the Back to the Future DVDs and on almost every version of the Blu-rays that exists as well. Um, hopefully it'll exist on the new 35th anniversary 4K box set that's coming out. But um, I have all three of those as MP3 files, so I listen to them quite regularly. But that, you know, but that's one of the cool things about Back to the Future is, you know, it's meant to be a period piece. So people can't Mm -hmm. sit there and look at it today and be like, well, none of this shit exists. So, you know, it's a dated movie, but it was always meant to be a period piece. Same with Back to the Future 3 when they're back in the in the Old West. So that to me makes those movies timeless. And Back to the Future 2 
I love Back to the Future 2 because that was the very first time anybody ever went back into their own movie and had to avoid spoiling their original movie by changing things around. Right, because they couldn't run into their former selves. Right. Um, you know, and even... I didn't, oh, but the one thing I need to know mm-hmm. is, is, is how dated you, and you know this, mm-hmm. is... Marty's from 1985. Correct. In 1950, when he goes back to 1955 and he goes to the soda shop, mm-hmm. he asks, tries to order a tab. Yes. Tab, tab is tab hasn't t- honestly. Tab was a staple in the 80s, but then after that, it was only a staple in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It didn't go after the 80s. So I mean, it's just that, just that, that, that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you guys got anything like a tab or? It's like, wow, dude, you just dated yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's, yeah, he says, give me a tab, and he goes, if you want a tab, pal, you got to order something. Right. And then he says, give me a Pepsi Free, which is also something that doesn't exist anymore. Pepsi Free is pretty much the Pepsi Zero of today. Yeah, well, Pepsi, yeah, Pepsi, and then that was, that, was a, that was not even a big thing back then, mm-hmm. in 1985. Mm-hmm. Just like you had, just like you had, what was it, uh, it was Pepsi Free and then Clear Pepsi. The Crystal Clear so, Pepsi, yep. Yeah, Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, they actually did bring that back as a throwback, and oh my god, I think it actually oh. tasted better the second time around. You, than it did you want to know why? You want to know why? Better ingredients? <laughs> well, no, no, because they doubled the amount of sugar in it. Oh shit! There was like when we looked at it, it had like seventy-five grams of sugar in one twenty-ounce bottle. Wow. But uh, I think you kind of explained why you still love Back to the Future today. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of touch on that with, you know, the fact that they are period pieces, so you can watch mm-hmm. them and just keep them, you know, they, they make, they're just as culturally relevant today as they were back in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. when they came out, because they are a, they're almost like a, um, what the hell are those things called? A time capsule of that era. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because they have, plus, you have to think about it, too. The relationship between Marty and Doc. Yeah, you can't have that anymore because any you don't know. any any sixty no. year old man or fifty year old man, however old Doc was in nineteen eighty five, hanging around and with it, a sixteen seventeen year old kid, they'd be like, "Bro, fucking pedophile, stone his ass." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free candy van. <laughs> right. so, you know, but it's 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 I don't know. Doc, Doc is to me. It's like that crazy uncle that you just love to hang out with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then and and yeah, and I have to admit they uh they did a great parody, at least that's what they were intended with the whole Rick and Morty shtick, but that's another topic for something else. So Well actually I I do uh we'll touch base on that a little bit second uh a second, a little bit later on. Um but so obviously a very important date for Back to the Future is October 21st, 2015. It was the date in which they went to in Back to the Future 2 where Marty had to save his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, October 21st, 2015, um, after finishing my day at work, I actually left early uh, to go to Cinemark in Valley View, Ohio, where they were showing Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, and Back to the Future 3, 
back to back to back on the big screen. Now, what makes this even better is me and somebody that I was friends with at the place I used to work about three weeks previous, we went on this website that was selling, I was there t-shirts for back to the future. Yes. And had the time circuits on there that said October 21st, 2015. So when we went to go and see the trilogy in theaters, we were wearing the, I was there t-shirts. And everybody kept asking if we got them right there at the box office or, you know, where we got these shirts from. And we said, we found a website that was making them and we ordered them. And, you know, what better day to wear them than on this day? No, yeah, for sure, man. So (laughs) That's awesome. Right. And that was the first time and so far still the only time I have ever seen Back to the Future, the entire trilogy in theaters. So what were you doing on October 21st, 2015? Um, well, October 21st, 2015, at the time I was working third shift at work at my current job. So I hate that the, shift. Oh, I know. Trust me, dude. There's a reason why I'm back to day shift again. But the thing is, so I knew what the day was, the significance. I made sure I had... I don't know. I posted tons of crap all over Facebook. I was like Mr. Insane copy. It's twenty. It's you know. It's it's Back to the Future Day. Back to the Future Day. I was all over the place with that. Oh, and you were the only one, dude. Let, trust me, me. Oh, it, it was it was <laughs> insane, dude. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here. I was at work when I went to work that night because I just had to sleep during the day. Right. So I went to work that night. I still had a, my laptop that my work laptop we had um I had I still had the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that was I, that was the trilogy that came out that year which which I still have that one that's the one I had uh So that's the that would be the 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's the one um that I had Leah Thompson sign. Um so okay, Yeah, yeah, I have that same box set but I got the uh the $88 one <laughs> pun intended. Um, that came in a flux capacitor box that lights up. Oh yeah, I, I just bought it because it. I just bought it because it had the um, the ride. The epi- oh yeah, it had the ride video on it, which mm-hmm. I watched, watched again and again because I never got to ride the ride like you did. So, but the thing is, I was watching that while I was working because I had at work I have three two three monitors that I use at work because I work for software company. So I'm a computer nerd. So I had three monitors. And so I'm like, oh, I stuck it in. I had that VLC media player. That was a program we could actually use at work. And I stuck Back to the Future trilogy on my one monitor while I was working. And third shift, it was nighttime. You know, third shift, our shift was a relatively new shift for what we were doing. So it was relatively slow. Mm-hmm. So I basically sat at work while doing work. And watch the entire freaking trilogy on Back to the Future Day. So that was my not really exciting but fun story for that day. Now the next day, on mind you, I you know I I, taught, I hung out with some friends and we celebrated by saying by basically annoying the shit out of people by going Great Scott everywhere. <laughs> so 
and, 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 and just do the whole thing, and then, of course, we were just basically quoting, like, you know how we love to annoy people by quoting the Ghostbuster movie when we're out at events? Yes. Um, we were walking around quoting Back to the Future, like, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And uh, Great Scott, and then we had to repeat the one uh, where uh, it was, um, oh, gee, we have said called everybody butthead. Um, and why don't you make, like, a tree and get the hell out of here? You know, stupid shit like that. Just using the catchphrases, and it was it was driving people nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. but it was yeah, dude. I had a great time with it, and I wish I, it, I wish I could have done something a little different. You know, like I didn't know it was at the theater, mm-hmm. or I found out too late and I couldn't go. But yeah, that was it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun walking around pissing people off while quoting the movie everywhere. Just. Uh, Unfortunately, unlike Ghostbusters, Back to the Future is not loved by everyone, by most everyone, but not by everyone. Yeah, well, you know, a funny thing that um, when you were talking about all that stuff, I remembered from my childhood. um, My parents got uh, divorced when I was 10 years old, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But my dad is a foreign car expert mechanic. So at the one shop he was working at at the time, somebody had brought in, this is all I knew, somebody had brought in a car that I would have loved to have seen. So my mom and dad conspired to take me to my dad's shop one night after they had closed because my dad had keys. And um, he opens the garage door. I'm expecting to see Ecto-1 with the way my dad was acting. Um, but he opens up the door to the garage and there, as the door was raising up, you just see that bumper with the DMC on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I go running to the back of the garage because obviously you expect to see the fins and, you know, if it's a... Back to the Future 2 version, the Mr. Fusion and all that. There was nothing. It was just the, the, the that back end of the car. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, where's all the cool shit? And he's like, well, this isn't a movie replica. It's just a DeLorean. I thought you would get a kick out of seeing a DeLorean. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's cool, but it's not Back to the Future cool. <laughs> right. You know, so I mean, that was... It was a fun it was a fun adventure at least you know and it just kept my back to the future love alive um so okay so it is the 35th anniversary as we've kind of been talking about um the 35th anniversary 4k box set which is definitely something I'm kind of giddy about. Because um, I've been watching the Blu-rays on my 4K Blu-ray player and my 4K TV, and I am noticing all kinds of like tiny little details that I never noticed before. And it's funny because every time I watch it on a new medium, like obviously I've seen it on TV, I've seen it on DVD, I've seen it in the theaters. Um, and every time I noticed something a little bit different, like the first time I ever noticed that Christopher Lloyd was wearing makeup in the 1985 scenes in the first movie was on DVD. Cause it almost looks like the, the application was coming loose on his neck 
and it like wrinkled up really bad in certain places when he moved his head a certain way. So the first time I ever noticed that was on DVD, and then obviously I look for it to see if they <laughs> to see if they've cleaned it up George Lucas Star Wars style. Um, and they haven't. It's it's there every time. But when I started watching the just the regular standard Blu-rays on my 4K TV with the 4K Blu-ray player, I noticed that uh, the switches on the uh, remote control, the light that clicks on when he hits the one switch, that motherfucker says stop. And I never noticed that before. And I'm just like, okay, now they have to release this in 4K because I want to see what else I'm missing. No joke, dude. Yeah, and and did you know that that controller that he used, that remote control, was actually um, was actually used for radio control planes? Yes, um, I think that's on one of the commentaries. It it is. Yeah, and there's also a fan page where someone found out what the brand of it was, what mm. the model was. And they built one. Nice. They built a screen accurate one with working L- with working LCDs. Nice, nice. And when you switch it on, it makes the sound. Cool. So, but yeah, and the thing is too, you also you you have to watch it. You have to watch Christopher Lloyd's hand motions when he has that remote control. Mm-hmm. Because his hand motions don't match the movements of the car. Yeah, they um they talked about that. I think it, I don't know if I remember if it was on the Q and A commentary track or if it was on one of the nine hundred documentaries that they've made that they've released on all these Blu rays and DVDs. But they actually said that there actually was a stunt person driving the car, and he right. was he was just standing there to make it look cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was a sub person driving the car mm-hmm. with uh, with the well, then with the dog in it, mm-hmm. and and but the thing is, and I think someone said too that they had to. I can't remember how much dry ice they had to use to get that when Einstein came back from the five minutes. If you look at the one making of video that's on, I think it's on every set because they recycle all the special features that they've done in the past and then just add new ones to every set. It seems. Um, you actually see them like hosing the car down with a fire extinguisher. Well, yeah, because they're getting that carbon dioxide, and then they also mm-hmm. for the for the smoke when the door opens. Yeah, and all is is dry ice. Yeah, yeah. And and but the thing is too, I I I read now this. My sources probably suck, Lee, because yours seem to be a little bit better than mine. But the two, um, I want to say. Uh, gigantic black exhaust ports on the back. Um, the it, when they come back and heat, they expel their smoke. Yes. Am I, is it is it just me or is that fire extinguisher smoke? I believe that's what they said. I would have to go back and and watch all that stuff. Um, but you hear the sound when this when they when the sound yeah, when it comes psh- out. It's a, that's 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 like carbon dioxide under pressure. So I don't know. It, it just. But I love. But the thing is, I love the look on Doc's face when that happens. He's like, huh? Didn't you know, he's like, whoa! What the, wasn't expecting <laughs> that to happen. Whoa! Yeah. So, 
um, some of the other cool stuff that they're releasing for the 35th anniversary, some of this stuff I knew about, some of it I didn't. Um, they've been talking about the new NECA figures that are like the 1955 versions of all the characters. They've been talking about those for, I want to say, the first time we heard about them was the 2020 Toy Fair. Are those the ones that look like little G.I. Joes? No, these are like, they almost look... Um, have you seen the the movie figures for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that have been coming out? Those really, really nice ones? Yes. Uh, oh, geez, so they're releasing ones for what, Marty, Doc, and Biff? Marty, Doc, Biff, I saw an Einstein. Ooh. There might even be a George and a Lorraine. Oh, God. Yeah. That would be... Yeah, because I, I watched almost every video from the New York Toy Fair this year, obviously because we, we got a shit ton of Ghostbusters stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, they also announced the new wave of the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys, which I'm really interested in, and which are impos- almost as impossible to find as the Ghostbusters toys have been. Thank you, COVID. Um, uh, one, uh... And uh, also these Back to the Future NECA figures. I'll send you a link to them. So you can check them out, but they look exact. Like they pictured Christopher Lloyd, Marty, and I know that there is a Biff one, but they captured those guys perfect. They are exact. They, they, but I mean, if you saw the Ninja Turtles ones, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but there's also a Advent calendar that is coming out. That I think is going to be really neat. Um, here we go. Here is the link to the Back to the Future. How do I get back to the chat? Oh, you mean back to your Facebook chat? Yeah. Hold on, I got it. Paste. Ooh. Obviously, we are going to edit that out. Whoa! Yeah. There's the 1985 Marty McFly, the 2015 Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. I love 1955 Biff. I love his jacket. And he yeah. wears, I believe, I believe, doesn't he wear uh, PF Flyers? Yes. Yes. Um, so, like I said, I mean, they're releasing a ton of great figures in this NECA line. Uh, the 1955 Doc is probably my favorite because of the, the second head that it comes with. Ooh, and it even has a time machine, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you got, but I, you got 1985 but... Marty, and then you've got... Like you said, uh, nineteen there are two thousand fifteen oh. Marty. Whoa, nineteen eighty five Marty has the sunglasses too. That's a mm-hmm. that's a rare. Fu- but you know what though, I would buy the Doc figure mm-hmm. just to have the alternate head. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I man. love that. I love that expression when the when uh-huh. they're doing the model and the DeLorean catches on fire and goes uh-huh. across to the rags and catches on fire and he goes, <gasps> and I'm yeah. just like, oh, I love that look. But what? what <laughs> But what did I tell you? 88 miles per hour. These figures look exactly like Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, and Tom Wilson. 
Just like the freaking Diamond Selects for the freaking Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got the likeness of of uh, Hudson, Aykroyd, uh, Ramis, and Murray. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Annie Potts, and yes. Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and Rick Moranis. Uh, did you see the Toon ones? Yes, dude. Those are from the cartoon. Yeah. Which I did watch on Saturday mornings. Oh, heck yeah, man. We, I think we all did. Yeah, but th- that's the NECA line that's coming out. Um, let's see if I can find... Obviously some light editing to do, but I'm okay with that. Let's see. Because there is a Back to the Future Advent calendar that is coming out as well. That I thought was a strange thing, but I'm like, okay. And it looks like it's being released by Play Mobile, so that's that's interesting. But this Advent calendar is awesome. Wait until you see it. I I keep I heard about that. Yeah, it's uh, it comes out October twenty first, twenty twenty. Oh my god, are you serious? Oh damn. It's got Biff chasing after him when he's on the mm-hmm. on the box skate. Mm-hmm. Doc coming down the line. Oh, the Twin Pines Mall sign that eventually becomes Lone Pine Mall. Mm-hmm. And, and Marty and Jennifer, Jennifer Marty and Jennifer on, in on the 19- park bench. Yep. 1985. And I love the fact and the that... the clock they, tower. Yeah, I think... The, and I think that's going to be the advent calendar. I think that's going to be what you open up to get all those figures and everything. Yeah, because I could see, like, you open up the windows. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude. That'd be awesome. Right, right. Wow. Wow. I, I'm... Whoa. And then, of course, the next topic is probably the Playmobil set. The... Um, the DeLorean Playmobil set? And the Marty and Doc figures. Yes. I saw one of the... I had it in my hand, and if I had the 50 bucks, it would have been mine. But yeah, the the Playmobil uh, DeLorean playset. 64 pieces, bro. 64 pieces. And you gotta think about that. And it lights up. Yes. And it flies. Yes, you can hover convert it. Mm-hmm. Oh, for a kid's toy, I'll tell you what, because I have the um, I have Ecto One, I have the Playmobil Ecto One, and mm-hmm. I have the Playmobil uh, Firehouse. I would love to get the Firehouse. I have yet to find it for a decent price. I no, uh, some time back, uh, I can't remember who announced it in the Ghostbuster page that it was on the um. Uh, what's the bookstore? That one, the one big bookstore. Uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it was in Barnes and Noble website mm-hmm. for twenty four bucks, shipped. I ordered it twenty five ninety five shipped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, if you go for it, it's like sixty bucks. Uh, I have yet to find it under a hundred. Yeah, because I think it's out of I think it's out of circulation now. So, um, but the one I do want to get, I want to get the Ecto one A. But that's like sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's the one I'm having a hard time finding too. Um, so here's another cool thing that is coming out. Um, 
that I'm definitely going to try to get my hands on, and I'm probably going to order it right from <sighs> the Back to the Future. Ooh, not, not to cut you off, sorry. I just saw the, the Marty with the guitar and the Doc would save the Clock Tower figures, too. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. All right, sorry, man. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're good. I'm probably going to get this right off the Back to the Future website because I have a feeling it's going to be cheaper than if I get try to get it anywhere else. But check this out. It is the Ghost or the Back to the Future 35th anniversary commemorative coin. Mm? And it comes in a Mr. Fusion collectible case. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I am so pre-ordering one of these mm. if I can, if I can. But Eva, uh, did you ever see? Did I ever tell you? You've seen my Mister Fusion phone charger, right? Yeah, we used it when we went to go meet Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yet to see another one. I have yet to find another one of those. That was a fluke. I found it. Oh God, I can't remember where the hell I found it at. I think was it? Did I say it was on Amazon, or did I find it at Target? I can't remember. Um, the last time I saw the Mister Fusion phone charger, it was on um. God, what the hell was that website? Um, like nerd something or other? Oh, uh, Think Geek. Think Geek. Yeah, that was the last time I ever saw it, and I have yet to see it since. But here we go with. Oh, excuse me. Um, as far as I know, the last offering of new stuff, uh, um, merchandise-wise for Back to the Future. Here are the uh, 35th anniversary Back to the Future Funko Pops. Yes, I have seen those, and I was so mad that I couldn't pre-order them. And did you happen to also know that included in that Funko Pop line are Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill? Of and and uh, Frank Beard of ZZ Top dressed in their getup from the third movie when they were the band playing at the dance. In the original line or the new line? Uh, it looks like it's the new line. Oh, because I'm looking at the new line uh, on Funko's website and I don't see ZZ Top because I would love to have those. Well, if you if you go um back if you go back to the Back to the Future store website, okay. And you click on novelties, mm-hmm. you'll see them listed in, towards the bottom. Because you'll see the Biff Tannen, the Marty with glasses, mm-hmm. Marty 1955, Doc mm-hmm. with helmet, mm-hmm. Doc 2015, Marty in puffy vest, Marty in future outfit, Doc with the clock tower, then the pokey minifigures. And then after those, there's the Back to the Future cooperative strategy game. The Funko one, and then the Funko Back to the Future expandable strategy game, Funko Verse. Then you see Funko Pop Rock, ZZ Top, Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, and Frank Beard. Okay. Uh, final yeah. figures, and 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 they're in their and they're in their uh, 1885 getup when they were doing the when they were the little guitar players at the dance, and they did the little, they did their signature guitar spin. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, it looks like there's going to be another commemorative coin. If you look right after the ZZ Top Funko Pops, it's a gold oh, yeah, one. Oh, yeah. 
I see it. Thirty fifth anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is too cool. Ooh, there's there's a Marty McFly figure inspired by Kid Robot. Oh no. Back to the Future Doc Brown Chia Pet. I see that. But um also I just got my my um kids just got me for my birthday the 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 uh the dice game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's basically kind of like a, a strategy dice game. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They, uh, I have that. I've been trying to get some people together to play it. So, you know, if anyone uh, out there is listening, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it. I think it pays up to five players. Um, but that's another thing too. It's brand new because it just started coming out on shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it at Target. Yeah. Not Daniel Kersey has it too. Oh, cool. So he's another Back to the Future file. Yes. But this is a little too late for him to be online. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I know that the that before COVID had happened too, they were talking about doing another theatrical re-release with the new 4K cuts. Um. So it kind of stinks that we're not going to get that. When well, we might, because now the theaters are reopening, they might do another October 21st viewing of the trilogy. So if they do. I will be taking it October twenty first, twenty twenty. Hey, it, it might sure. actually, it might actually be something that you can get at home. Well, I mean, if the if the because they said that the four uh, K box set is going to come out on October twenty first. Oh. So, um, can I uh, can I hijack the thing just for a quick second? Sure. Did you? I want to bring up the um that what's his face Josh Gad. Mm-hmm. Has been doing those. Um, I want to say uh, reunited what is parts. Reunited parts, mm-hmm. and he the first, the second one he did was Back to the Future. I don't know if you watched it. Did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, the Back to the Future one, the Goonies one, and obviously Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, and the Back to the Future one. Um. They actually had, because apparently Back to the Future is in the process of becoming a musical. And so they had the cast of the Broadway musical... Sing Power of Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, what I couldn't, what I would thought was cool was they got everybody in the cast, like even the little people uh, who are still alive, and they... They were, and then the thing is, they were just they were talking like they were old friends, including Michael J. Fox, who on who I, it sucks to see him the way he is. Dude, I I had to has racked him hard. Oh my god, I had to stop it uh, quite a few times and just be like, damn, you know. And this is something I don't even think you know about me. Michael J. Fox is more than just Back to the Future to me. I mean, he's family ties, obviously. Well, for sure, dude, yeah. Um, You know, Back to the Future, uh, Teen Wolf, Life with Mikey, Doc Hollywood, Secret to My Success, The Frighteners, Spin City. Like, anything that Michael J. Fox is in, I have seen and I admire with the greatest respect. The dude's talented as hell. And he he was first diagnosed with Parkinson's, I think, not too long after three came out. Yeah, and they and, actually said that it might have been the physical toll of doing 
um, Back to the Future 1 and Family Ties at the same time. That's a story we can talk about here in a second. Um, And then, because when, you know, the the movie took off, and Universal's like, we need to do a sequel, they're like, well, if we're going to do one sequel, we're going to do two. So they filmed them back to back. So while and released them and released them the year, so two Mm -hmm. came out the one year, and then they released three the next, even though it was already completed. Basically, what they were doing, and again, this is coming from any commentary track, the the three um, Q and A tracks that are on any version of DVD and or Blu Ray that is out there for Back to the Future. um, They had said that they were editing two while they were filming three. So not only did the cast not rest in between those two movies. The production staff. Correct. They they were going nonstop to get these movies out in the insane time frame that Universal wanted them put out. Um, I know. It, it, it's, it, it's, yeah, you can ask Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis and they'll tell you how much hell it was. Oh, yeah. And they... And, they're actually glad that most of the sets burned down so that any chance of Back to the Future 4 just can't happen. Plus, just about every DeLorean that they used in all three movies has been destroyed. There's only one left, and it's on display somewhere. I think it's at Universal. There's two left. There's one at... Uh, actually, the one, I believe... If it's not at Universal Studios California behind glass i think it's at the smithsonian behind glass i think so and that's the one that was screen used because the other one was one that they used as promotional for the movie uh the one at you back uh, the one at you that's still in existence at universal studios florida uh according to the plaque in front of it because i have a picture of it says it was screen used in back to the future 2 so it has the mr fusion set up on the back but what is also at Universal Studios Florida is the train. Oh, dude! Uh, someone said that that thing's in pretty bad shape. It it when I was there four years ago, it looked okay on the outside, but um, they actually had like a, a character that was dressed up like Doc that was there while I was there, and I was wearing Back to the Future T-shirt. I just bought the the three pack Welly diecast cars, so I have um, I'll have to send you the pictures as soon as I can get them off that old laptop. Um, there's a picture of me wearing a watch with my sunglasses up on my head. The guy, the character that's playing Doc, and my fiance Megan standing in front of the DeLorean doing the pose from Back to the Future Three. That's awesome. And then he's just like, you seem to be a huge Back to the Future fan. Let me show you something. I don't have pictures of this because he slapped my phone out of my hand. But he took me into this access panel that's on the bottom of the train. And you can actually see, like, the time circuits and everything on the inside of the train. But there's no windows on the train. So there's leaves and cobwebs and... A goddamn squirrel jumped at my fucking face while we were in there, and I went running like a little child. (laughs) But, no, the inside of the train does look pretty wrecked, but the outside, other than just being weathered from it being there since 1993, I mean, it doesn't look great, but it doesn't look bad either. Does this still have the big old grand flux capacitor on the front? Um, yes. Yes. 
And there's another one because, like, I, obviously I did a 360 when I was in there because I just had to take it in. There's also one on the inside of the train, too. That you can't, obviously you can't see it in the movie because they never show a shot of the inside of the train, so. <clears throat> but it was neat. It was neat seeing that, and that is a memory that I will forever have with me. Um, but we're, I mean, we are kind of talking about the legacy of Back to the Future because, you know, the Back to the Future ride has unfortunately been shut down for about 10 years now. Um, in Hollywood, I don't know what they replaced it with. I know the Back to the Future store still exists at Universal Studios Hollywood. However, in Florida... The ride, it was Lilo and Stitch, I think. Uh, well, Lilo and Stitch would be Disney, so it wouldn't be at Universal. No, it, what the hell? What, it's something else related. I can't remember. Something kid, Some kids-related stuff animated. Um, well, I know that in Florida, they replaced it with The Simpsons. Okay. I don't know if they replaced it with anything in California. I know the Jaws ride was replaced by some kind of stunt show. Um, when I was there, it was not running, though. But they still have the damn shark. It's like, you know, they have all these, like, props and stuff from their old rides. But it's like, what good is the prop if the fucking ride isn't here? Right. <laughs> You know, but I mean, I got my picture taken with the shark. Obviously, you have to do that. I got my picture taken with the DeLorean and the train. Um, but part of the legacy of Back to the Future is obviously the unfortunate physical toll that it took on Michael J. Fox. Um, what a lot of people don't know out there is that this movie almost happened without Michael J. Fox in the in the uh, lead role of Marty McFly. Um, this is very well known. Um, they were all set to shoot the movie with Christopher Lloyd and with Michael J. Fox. And they went to Mr. Goldberg, the person behind Family Ties, and said, can we use Michael for this movie? We kind of wrote the role for him. We think his comedy style is perfect. And he said, absolutely not. Uh, Meredith Baxter Birdie was pregnant and she was going to be leaving the show. So Alex P. Keaton was going to be taking on a much larger role to hide the fact right. that she was missing. And according to him, they couldn't afford to let Michael walk away. So, And, and we all know where Michael Gross went. Yeah, uh, he's still fighting graboids to this day. As Burt Gummer. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but, but then that's when they cast Eric Stoltz. Correct, and they shot almost 90... I didn't know that they shot that much of the goddamn movie with him. They, no, I heard they only shot the first, like, they only shot certain scenes. Oh, no, no, they, no. Uh, um, if... I don't know if you have this version of the Blu-ray or not. Um, I think it's on the 30th anniversary set, the one that came out in 2015. If you watch Tales from the Future, um, they talk on there where Bob Gale says we had almost the entire movie shot. And then they were going back and watching the dailies while they were editing it and said, this just doesn't work. And then Leah Thompson was complaining about him. And obviously Crispin Glover was complaining about everybody. Um, and they said that that's when they went back to Goldberg and said, listen, it isn't working. We tried recasting. It's not working. Can we please have Michael? And um, he said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. 
give me the script. I'll bring Michael in for a meeting. I'll show him the script. If he likes it, he can do it under the pretense that family ties comes first. So he called Michael into this meeting. He passed him the script. And he said, this is a movie. They'd like to cast you. And obviously Michael had already found out about it because they're shooting in the same area. And he had actually seen them shooting. It's like, man, I wish I could do a movie like that. That sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> and I'm just, I was listening to that and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you have no idea how close to this movie you actually were. <laughs> um, oh, gee. Oh, geez. I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia page for the Back to the Future ride in mm-hmm. Universal and, and Universal Hollywood and Florida. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when they replaced it with the Simpsons ride, they put some Easter eggs in the Simpsons ride intro. Yes, and you can actually watch that video on uh, YouTube. Right. And okay. they actually Christopher Lloyd does the voice of Doc in the video. Right, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and the comic book guy wears Marty's futuristic jacket. Yes. And Professor Frank crashes a DeLorean as he's trying to borrow money from a loan of a Doc Brown's trying to borrow mm-hmm. a loan office to save the Institute of Future Technology. Mm-hmm. The DeLorean crushes the banker and Doc is upset that he must sell the Institute to Professor Frank. Yes. So they kind of did give like the Back to the Future ride a send off. But I mean, like when I was there a couple of years ago, I'm still bitter about the fact that that ride is gone. So I'm basically like F you Matt Grenig or uh Matt Groening or Groening whatever his last name is. Right. And completely skipped over it, but then we got hungry and the only restaurant that was open was the fucking Krusty Burger. So the Simpsons still got our damn money and the food wasn't all that great Universal Studios. <laughs> A Back to the Future-themed restaurant like, I don't know, the Cafe 80s probably would have had better food. (sighs) Rant over. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, Marty had actually seen them filming, the or Marty, Michael J. Fox had actually seen them shooting the movie and said, man, I wish I could be a part of that instead of this dumb TV show. Like, he was actually getting tired of Family Ties at the time. And so he's in the meeting with Goldberg, and he hands him the script and he goes, why don't you take a, you know, read that. Let me know what you think about it. He picks it up. He looks at the title page, slams it down on his desk and says, it's the greatest thing I ever read. Call them and tell them I want to do it. So he would shoot family ties during the day and then shoot back to the future at night. And he literally, I think if I remember correctly, they said he only had like two or three hours in between, like when he would get done shooting Back to the Future and then have to jump back on set for Family Ties. So they would basically drive him to the set and he would sleep in the back seat. He would get on set, take a shower, eat something really quick, and then immediately begin filming and then repeat that process. He would sleep on his way to the Back to the Future set, shower, eat, and then jump right back on set. So he was going nonstop on two projects at the same time. And thankfully, by the time Back to the Future 2 came about, you know, Family Ties was done. Because, as we stated, Michael Gross was fighting Graboids. Um, but, you know, but then he was recording Back to the Future 2 and 3 around the same time. 
Um, and then he immediately jumped into, I think he had done Doc Hollywood and Secret of My Success and Life with Mikey in between all that. And obviously, um, Teen Wolf was in between Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2. But I think he was actually doing those other movies while he was doing 2 and 3. So, I mean, the man never stopped working. So when he got diagnosed with Parkinson's, it was almost just like, well, what did you expect? You know, you've been working your ass off essentially for a decade. Now, I mean, uh, are you... Uh, what? Are you checking my notes on that? or Checking your notes? Oh, yeah. hold on. Oh, buddy. Oh, no, I lost that. What? No. I'll, <laughs> oh, gosh. Are you still trying to look I'm for the Eric Stoltz thing? No. No. So, okay, I'm looking at the notes here, and I'm mm-hmm. assuming we're the legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's what we were talking about. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I don't know what this is my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. No reboots. No more sequels. Correct. The, the series is a treasure as it is. Adding to that bullshit will only ruin it. Just as Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis have said time and time and time again over their cold, dead bodies, will there ever be a reboot or sequel to Back to the Future? But... Christopher Lloyd has expressed interest in if there ever was any way in hell that an additional episode, additional sequel would be made, he would be more than happy of slipping back into the role of Doc Brown because he has been he has said and he did it in the whole um, in interviews he has said it in the um, the the Josh Gad se- uh, se- sequel uh, Josh Gad sequence. Reunited apart, he has said it, you know, on talk shows that Doc Brown was the most absolute fun he ever had as an actor, and he loved portraying him, and he and he absolutely enjoyed doing doing what he did with that character, and all of the fans and all of the all of the everything that came to him because of that role. Well, you know, and he did put a lot of the character that he had on Taxi into Doc as well, uh, Preacher Jim. Oh, yeah, the the Reverend, Reverend Jim. Reverend Jim, Jim, that's what it was, yeah. Reverend Jim, although he left the whole drug part out of it. Correct. Because remember, remember there was an episode on Taxi where uh, I think, I think, I think uh, Latka Mm -hmm. ate ate Reverend Jim's special brownies. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's so funny. Or no, it's special. His special cookies. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was his special cookies. Yeah, and you know, it's it's so funny because, like, you know, like I was talking about with the midnight movie with how I got introduced to Back to the Future. That's also how I got introduced to Taxi. Was when they would rerun that show at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I didn't know when I first saw Taxi that that, that Tony Danza was in it. Oh yeah, yeah. He was the main character. Well, one of the main. Characters. Tony Tony Danza. Well, well, actually, Judd Hirsch was mm-hmm. Judd Hirsch. But I also didn't know that um, 
the act I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he played Kaniki in Greece. Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. He was also in it, and of course, you know, the great Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was a couple other there was a couple other really good actors in there who were just starting out too. And then that was that, that was a starting ground for a lot of people. I mean, that was Christopher Lloyd's. I think that's where he started his career. He got his career late. Well, he was also but, on. Um, I think it was like the Saturday Night Live equivalent in Canada, and I think he was also in the Second Street Players, which is kind of like a. a um, a lesser known kind of it's it's a sketch comedy show kind of like Saturday Night Live, um, but he was on that, and they had saw him I believe on I can't remember the name of it. It's where um, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray got started too before they went to Saturday Night Live. Second City. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is the Canadian one because obviously uh, Dan Aykroyd's Canadian, so that's where he would have gotten his start. And Bill Murray was isn't Canadian though. No, but he was on that show, and then they moved him over to Saturday Night Live. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna make sure that it was or it was SCTV. SCTV, that's right. Yeah, because that was John Candy, Rick mm-hmm. Moranis. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, what's her face? The 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 um the the woman uh, from Home Alone, the mom. Uh, oh, I can't in, remember her uh, name. Beetle and Beetlejuice. Uh, Crap! Hold on, I'm. She was in Beetle. Oh, she was in Beetlejuice. She was uh, what's her name's mom? Lydia's. She mom. was. Lydia. Yeah, she was Lydia's mom. So it was. Uh... Oh, Catherine. Oh God, Catherine O'Hara. Yes. Because she's always in. She's in a. She's in a show now with. Um... Oh, the funny, funny dude with the eyebrows. He was Jim's dad on freaking My American Pie. Oh, Eugene Levy. Yes! And he was in all those movies with John Candy. Mm -hmm. Funny, funny shit. Mm -hmm. And he was the car salesman in Vacation. Yes, yes, yes. And he was also supposed to be in an an unpublished shot in Ghostbusters 2. Did you know that? Yeah, and I was actually kind of shocked that it wasn't on the, the 30th anniversary 4K. Um... But hopefully we'll get it for the thirty fifth. Let's hopeful. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. But yeah, man, it's uh, yeah. But I mean, do, do you agree with me that that maybe just shooting all this shit back to back to back to back to back was what might have helped lead to Michael J. Fox's? I don't know because Parkinson's is not something you catch. It's some. It's more of a if you're hereditary type thing. It's more of a. It's in your genes, and it just kind of comes out. It may, it may not have. If he already, you know, was going to get it in the gene-wise, or from you know from his parents or whatever in his family tree line, yeah, you know, genetics, yeah, definitely didn't help. But at the same time, I don't think that actually caused it, considering the fact that, like I said, Parkinson's is not something you catch. Right. No. Well, I'm not saying sure. that he caught it, but I mean, because it's like nobody in my family has Parkinson's disease, but my dad just got recently diagnosed with it. Right. And, and the thing is, I mean, I can I can see more like MS, mm-hmm. multiple sclerosis can be that can be that can happen because of that kind of stress. I think. Don't don't get me wrong. I might be wrong, and I don't need people hating on me. So. 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't know. I honestly don't think because there's a lot of actors and actresses who even have even more difficult schedules than he did at that time with multiple movies being shot and this and that and also musicians too. Um, and you know, and that didn't happen to them. So I think it 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 didn't help. It may have exacerbated what maybe had already been in in progressing. But I don't think that it actually gave it to him. Hmm. That, that's my opinion. I mean, is that? I mean, that's actually like a thing. Like people actually talk about that. Well, I mean, it's just you know, I'm looking at. I'm I'm just thinking about my dad because you know nobody in my family's ever had Parkinson's or at least at least to my knowledge. What, what, what? You know, and, that, and that's that's true too. My right. my grandfather had Parkinson's, and nobody in our family had Parkinson's previously. So, and he got it. You know, it just came on all of a sudden. Ah, like, okay, that could be why. What early onset forms of Parkinson's are often, but not always, inherited, and some forms have been linked to specific gene mutations. So it could possibly skip generations if that mutation hasn't been passed down. Yep. See, I told you it was genetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, and don't get me wrong. That hectic work schedule—if it was already, you know, if it was already on the path, if on the path to it for it to come—I guarantee you that that work schedule definitely accelerated the process. But mm -hmm. he was going to get it eventually, regardless. But you know, whether he got it at the age of twenty-five or the age of fifty. You know, could have, yeah, which is you know. which is weird because he's definitely one of the youngest people to have gotten it because it normally doesn't affect people until about sixty or so, which would make sense why my dad is finally getting diagnosed with it because he's about that age. Yeah, um, my grandfather got it when he I think seven when he turned seventy five, mm -hmm. seventy eight, somewhere around there, and it was it was just in his hand and his arm, so it was like he'd be sitting at the dinner table and it just mm -hmm. he'd, he'd start just tapping his fork on the table, tap 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 tap. Yeah. And he wouldn't know, but as the, but once he noticed that he was doing it, he could stop it. Mm -hmm. It's just your body starts doing that when you're not, and then you slowly start to lose control. Yeah, and one thing about with the legacy of Back to the Future, um, the Michael J. Fox Foundation does actually receive uh, funding from all these reoccurring releases of Back to the Future. That's one of the legacies that Back to the Future has. It, you see, it does say the Michael J. Fox Foundation on the packaging on the back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it has since some of the original DVD releases, too, because there's always those messages that on the, 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 the releases that say, you know, mm -hmm. here's where you can go. And also... I, I, and also, yeah, that um, I don't know if you know... Well, you I know you've seen it at the when Wizard World comes to Cleveland. That there, mm -hmm. all that, that money there, gets gets uh, donated. It's all from yeah to sit in the DeLorean and get your picture, mm -hmm. which I did, of course. You know, being the fan that I am. Oh, so did I. Um, and 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 so and but it has the old Michael J. Fox one. They work. Mm -hmm. They that the people who own that car work with the Michael J. Fox Foundation for that money to go to that foundation. Yes, and that is and, a traveling car. That so that's not just at Wizard yeah. World Cleveland. That goes all over. Um, and also, you can actually, if you go to, I think it's uh, Time Machine DeLorean or DeLoreanTimeMachine dot com, you can rent that car for private parties. Right. You can rent so you can so you can just so they can bring it in. 
to the party. They park it. You can take pictures in it. People can pose with it. Yeah, and they also, I think, uh, the same group of people also have a DeLorean, not a DeLorean, an Ecto-1, and an A-Team van, and a Knight Rider car. They sold the, the um, Ecto. Oh, really? It was, I think it was like Star Cars or something it was called. Uh, actually, the, the one that the the one that's specific to Wizard World Cleveland is actually a private owned vehicle. Well, yeah, that one is. Yeah, I'm just saying. But what I know, there's others that you yes. can. I've seen. Yeah, and um, that star vehicles that you just mentioned, that's actually the Ecto and Batmobile and DeLorean that just recently got sold at an auction here in Cleveland. I thought it was that other guy that uh, another member of our group mentioned. Um, yes, and that was all linked to the same thing. Yeah, wow. Those things went for more than I thought they ever would. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting that that much money would actually get all three. But, yeah. Um, I, I knew that they were going to go for a lot, which is why I was saying at least just for Ecto, I wanted at least $100,000. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. Okay, off topic again. Uh, but, you know, obviously the, the Michael J. Fox Foundation is a very positive thing that has come out, Absolutely. come out of the legacy of Back to the Future. It's research for Parkinson's and to try and find a cure. And... And, and and just in case anybody out there thinks, oh, this foundation probably just takes all the money and just hands it to CEOs and everything like that, there are no CEOs to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. It's Michael J. Fox and then a team of doctors. So any money that goes... And his wife. And his wife, yes. And Michael obviously can live off royalties from the hundreds of projects that he's done over time. Back to the Future's franchise alone. Yeah, Back to the Future, but obviously Family Ties as well, because it's still on syndication. And then, 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 you know, Spin City, The Frighteners, Mm -hmm. all those other ones Mm -hmm. that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Doc Hollywood. Yeah, so, you know, Michael J. Fox doesn't need the money. Um, you know, but the good thing about the Michael J. Fox show that came out while he was actually doing very well from Parkinson's, um, any money that, uh, commercials and things like that from that show all went to the Michael J. Fox foundation. Michael J. Fox put up the money to make that show himself because he wanted the world to see what it's like living with Parkinson's. Yeah, because he, he, he basically says you have your good days and your bad days, mm-hmm. but your bad days are the worst. triple your mm-hmm. good day, your, your your bad days triple your good days. Yeah, and bad days and bad days when they're bad they're bad. Mm-hmm. And and I give the man so much credit because he stays in the public eye while going through some seriously traumatic stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he's still. I mean, you saw that reunited apart. Mm-hmm. He still had his wits about him. He was cracking jokes, you know, and you know, I mean, it's not that kind of stuff too. Holding, holding, a, holding, a somewhat able to somewhat hold a conversation because mm-hmm. you know he can't he can't get the words out sometimes because of his tremors. But it's still, you know, he's still making the attempt. He's still going out there. He's still, and the thing is, he's doing it. He's still making appearances for Christ's sake. Yes, because the past couple of years, I've seen cons. He doesn't do a lot, but he does a few, mm-hmm. and and he does him, and he does, and he makes the appearances, and he goes out and he does it with Christopher Lloyd, he does it with um, Leah Thompson, he does, 
Leah, not well, not just Leah Thompson. Also, I think, yeah, Leah Thompson and uh, Jennifer Shu. Yes, yes. And so, wait, Jennifer Shu? I think you combined both Jennifers there. Well, Jennifer, Sh- uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Shu. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my it's late at night. My brain's like, eh, so. And Jennifer, oh. what what was her name? Um, uh. Oh, going going back to that reunited apart though. Oh, Claudia um, Wells, Claudia Wells. Yes, Claudia Wells. Thank you. And going back to that reunited apart though, if you watched, Claudia Wells popped in after. Yes, it was great. And then the following day, there was an additional video with with um with Tom. Mm-hmm. And he pretend and he pretended, you know, he had the mask on his he had the mask on his face. And he pretended. Then he showed himself, and you saw Josh Gad go, "Oh," and then, but yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You forgot someone? Did you think you forgot somebody?" <laughs> so, yeah. But the Claudia Wells, that was cool mm-hmm. as hell. They all quite was like, "Hey guys!" And then, he, then she, you know, she said, "Well, thank you." And then she, I guess, she mentioned the name of the charity that mm-hmm. that he was for the thing, and that, but that was cool. I have a feeling she that when they reached out to her, she didn't get back to them until they had already had everything going. Or it was done so, on purpose still, because they. The, he, oh, and maybe that too. Yeah, because he's done each. He's done one of those for each one. Like, um, I saw. Like I said, I saw the one for Goonies. I saw the one for Reuni- uh, Back to the Future. Um, <sighs> the Ferris. That, that one. That one was epic because mm-hmm. he even got. He got Bob Gale, mm-hmm. Bob Zemakis. He got the music director, and he got Huey Lewis, mm-hmm. and he got he he got Christopher Lloyd. Leah Thompson, Michael J. Fox, uh, I think Elizabeth, yeah, Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what's her face who played um, done th- on three? Uh, oh, Mary Steinbergen. That's right. He yeah, Mary Steinbergen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mary Stein. Mary Steinbergen came, and I, uh, and I think Steve. I think Spielberg popped in too. He did briefly, but I think. Um... And he also popped in very briefly on the Goonies one too. Oh yeah, dude! And 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 the, by the Back to the Future, they they did that thing with the uh, the cast of the Broadway musical mm-hmm. singing "Power of Love" mm-hmm. as the out for the outro, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then Claudia Wells pops in, mm-hmm. and that's like, wow, dude, that's awesome! Because like the same thing with the Goonies too. But I, I, not to get off topic, but I have to say this: the Goonies one. I couldn't believe all of the cast he was able to get. Yeah. Um, well, the the uh, God, what the hell is his name? Um, Who, Richard Donner? No, 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 no. Um, damn it, he was Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Sean Astin. Yes, Sean Astin. Um, he, him, and Josh are like the best of friends. So I'm, oh, they're like oh, they're all they hang out outside of the Hollywood world, right? And actually, uh, Sean Astin was trying to get Josh Gad a cameo on Stranger Things, where he actually was in his Olaf voice. So I was just like, okay, I'm glad that didn't happen. Dude, that would have been funny though. 
Probably. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Dude, it, it would be. It would, it would be funny though. But yeah, because obviously they got because they got Sean Astin, mm-hmm. they got Martha Plimpton, mm-hmm. they got Josh Brolin, mm-hmm. they got Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. they got uh, who's the one to play Andy? They they got her in there and also the Data uh, Jonathan Kiquan, who was also short round in Indiana Jones mm-hmm. uh, Temple of Doom. Also had um, Joe Pantoliano and um, Robert Davi, um, which I was very surprised because Robert Davi is very seclusive. Yes. Um, and he's also, I didn't know he's a classically trained opera singer. Well, we do now. <laughs> well, that, yeah, he's a classically trained opera singer. And when he was doing that, you know, and, the, and he's doing it in the movie, that was actually him doing opera mm-hmm. singing. Um, and then Richard Donner, who was like his 92nd birthday and Spielberg mm-hmm. and the music. Anyways, and then even Cindy Lauper popped in. Yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> I was like, that is so freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Andy, Angie, Andrew, Andy Green. I think it was her name. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Sorry, sorry to get off topic. I just I get so goofy. I get so giddy about that '80s nostalgia shit. So, well, I mean, this is the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. So it's whatever pops into my head or my guest said. So I mean, it works and it, and it, it ties into, you know, obviously what we're talking about here. I mean, the, the 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 legacy of all those movies are going to live on. Nobody's going to be absolutely. Able, nobody is ever. It, it, it seems nobody is ever going to stop the steamroll that, you know, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Gremlins. I mean, they're talking about making a Gremlins TV show with Phoebe fucking Cats coming back. I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? Phoebe Gates? Yes, Phoebe Gates could be coming back. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I'm. That's, that's actually kind of cool. Right? She's in her like late fifties and she still looks good, dude. Okay, so this is kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to save it for the end because I think you and I have had different interactions. Um, you and I collectively met Leah Thompson, absolutely. And then a couple of years previous to that, I had met Tom Wilson, aka right Biff Tannen, Griff Tannen, uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Um, so, and the old man Tannen. Well, that's still Biff, right? Is it very the different variations of Biff Tannen? Correct. So, and okay. First of all, I just want to say this: if there was ever a facsimile needed for Donald Trump, <laughs> it would be it would be twenty fifteen. It would be it would be nineteen eighty five alternative universe Biff, which is what the motherfucker looks like now. Okay, so... You just need him to light a cigar with a $100 bill. <laughs> Which I'm sure Trump does every night. But Well, there's the thing. Let's not get political. Here. Right, right, right. Um, so, <laughs> okay. So, at this con, I had met a lot of amazing people, as I do at mm-hmm. every convention I go to. So, I had just gotten out of meeting Amy Jo Johnson, because her line, uh, for those that may not know... Amy, Power Ranger. Yeah, she was the original Pink Ranger, Kimberly Hart. Um, rare appearance for her. She does not make very many appearances outside of RangerCon, um, which only takes place in Texas. Um, 
Jason David Frank, if you're listening to this and I follow you on Facebook and Twitter, so I know it's possible, bring Ranger Con to Ohio. Thank you. Anyway, um, I, had, I went to see her first because I knew her line was going to be the longest. She was one of the biggest names there. And like I said, it's a rare appearance for her. So I had just gotten out of her line, spent a little bit more money than I had originally anticipated because for some reason they were charging more for items that weren't the 8x10s that she had there. Um, which was not on the website, so I was kind of upset about that. But anyway, so I get in line for Tom Wilson. His line was short. I figured I'll jump in his line so I don't have to get a virtual ticket, and then I can go do everybody else. So I get in line, and I walk up to the people. If Anybody who's never been to a comic book convention, here's how these things work. You get in line. You then walk up to one person who asks you what you want. Are you going to do a selfie at the table? Are you just getting an autograph? Did you bring your own item? Are you getting an 8x10? And then they normally have like a slew of 8x10s that you can pick up from. Um, And then you hand... That person will write your name down if you want it personalized. You then move to a second person at a table who collects the money. So I... Tell the first person I would like an autograph and a selfie if possible. And then the next person, I walk over to the next person and he says, okay, so picture and uh, selfie and autograph 50 bucks. So I hand the guy 50. He then looks at the money, looks up at me and goes, I meant each. Jesus. And I'm like... (laughs) Biff Tannen ain't worth a hundred bucks, just the autograph. So then I go finally get up to Tom Wilson, who looks exactly like he did in the 1985 equivalent of Biff Tannen. And he goes, Hey, how you doing? You know, oh, I'm signing the Back to the Future trilogy, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Well, what do you want it to say? And I'm like, If possible, could you write, Hey, butthead, and then sign it? You know, because that's Biff's catchphrase. He got snippy with me about it. He's like, oh, really? You wanted to say, hey, butthead, why? He goes, out of all the out of all the things I say in the movie, that's what you wanted to say? Uh, it was kind of your catchphrase, dude. So, yes, that's what I'd like it to say. So he signs it, and he writes it and signs it, and he goes... All right, well, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Okay, fine, I will. And I will never get your autograph again. So, Tom Wilson was Biff that day. Literally. And I've heard from other people that he's not normally like that. So I don't know if he was just having a bad day at the con or... He may may have Mm -hmm. because... But does anybody because know him from anything else other than Back to the Future? Like, I have never uh, seen him in anything other. He's in some uh, lower stuff, but I'll tell you what. The, one of the funniest roles I saw him in, and he had a similar attitude in this role like he was as Biff, only he was a good guy. Oh, so he's a character somewhere. actor. Sorry, I bumped the mic. And uh, Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. Holy shit, I forgot he was in that. 
He was Larry's boss. And, he, and so is Leah Thompson. No, she's not. Yeah, I thought I could have sworn she was in that. No, it's that other. It's that other chick. Uh, she 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 was because her mom was uh, Lisa Lampanelli. Okay. The 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 comedian. I could have sworn Leah Thompson was with something with Larry the Cable Guy, and that's what I brought it up. But uh, I don't. That might have been another movie of his, but I know. Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector. Oh my God, that movie was so stupid. It was funny because mm-hmm. I love Larry. The, I love Larry the Cable Guy and his dumbass, his dumb Southern boy humor. Yes. So, and uh, Lord, I apologize, but um, yeah, and, and and he was his boss, and I think the best the best part was when he when Tom Wilson when he got when he got throat punched. Holy shit. Uh... <laughs> Joey Pants is in that too. Yes, he is. Joey Pants is in that one. He's the he's the uh, the slimy mayor mm-hmm. that gets accused of staring at a black woman's boobs. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So are, he's like, "Are you staring at my breastuses?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, yeah. So okay, I forgot he was in that, but yeah, he is a very similar character to Biff Tannen in that. So he might just be a character actor. Yeah, he's. I think yeah, he probably was just in character, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what he was doing. Because I know there's other people who do cons that are character actors, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they either act dumb or stupid or smart. Um, or even some of them, even, even, like, even like some, like, there's, um, there's a band. Um, they're based on, I can't remember what off the top of my head what they're called, the name of them. But they base themselves on Transformers. Mm. And... You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome. They do a lot of covers, and they do a lot of the soundtrack from the original animated movie. Mm-hmm. And so they're always in, in the costume. They're always in character. Even when they do their videos, even when they do their meet and greets, even when they do everything, they're always in character. Well, there's that... So, <coughs> Excuse me. There's that uh, rap group, the, the Gorillas. <coughs> Jesus. Uh, they're always... Like the only way you ever see them is on a screen where animated. Animated. It's not the, you mean the rock rap group. Yeah. Because yeah. they do the ones that go um and then the ones that go do 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 feels good Yeah, I love the gorillas. And you do know that the person who started that group was uh Damien Damon Alburn from Blur. Yes. So yeah, dude, that's another. I, I love song two. Song two was like my my jam back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the other really cool things that was part of the legacy, and then we'll talk about when we met Leah, um, is that the band, right. the Flux Capacitors. Have you ever heard about them? No. Yeah. So there's a. Oh. Sorry. There's a. Uh, uh, 80s cover band called the Flux Capacitors. They all dress up as characters from Back to the Future, and they um, go around and do concerts. One of the songs that they do is obviously "Power of Love." Um, they do I, Back in Time. They do. Uh, I don't know. If, I haven't heard if they do Back in Time, but they do do um, the dun dun dun. They do like a rock and roll version. I love that theme song. It's on my one of my ringtones. Mm-hmm. So they 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 do stuff like that, but they also um, at times 
will reenact scenes from the movie too. While on oh, they'll do they'll do the dialogue. Well, that's awesome. Well, not just that, but like the the one time they did like the clock tower scene, like where Doc, you know, slips lines down, falls, and has to plug the thing in. They'll recreate that, and they have like somebody with like a cardboard DeLorean that runs past it and everything. It, it's pretty cool. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. Check out the documentary called back in time, which is a, which is kind of like ghost heads for back to the future. Um, but way better than ghost heads. Uh, okay. I can do that. Yeah. Um, they're featured in that. And Claudia Wells is actually, uh, used quite a bit in that documentary too. Um, so, you know, there's been that documentary that's part of the legacy of back to the future. As you mentioned, the back to the future musical, hopefully will be coming out here very soon, but obviously COVID has Broadway shut down. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, there's all these great things that back to the future has done. Um, and, and did you also know, and now you probably know, being a super fan and all, mm-hmm. that Back to the Future um, was just recently put into the Library of Congress too. No, yeah, you're right. Kudos, congratulations to uh, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis. Um, but there are a few actors that were low-key characters in a few of those in, in either one of the movies or all three or two or whatever combination. Mm-hmm that have gone on to be bigger actors later on. Leah Thompson. Well, not only Leah Thompson, but Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Um, well, my- he was one of the, he was one of um, Biff's thugs. Yes. He went on to play the phantom. He played the devil in tales from the crypt. Titan- Midnight. He was in Titanic. Titanic. Mm-hmm. He, he's been in quite a few movies actually. Uh, and, there, and then I'm trying to think, well, Leah Thompson was, wasn't very well known when, the Back to the Future came out, but then she blew up. Like, I mean, seriously, she had her own she had her own sitcom, Caroline in the Caroline City. Caroline in the City, um, and <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, I know that was a freaking bomb, but that movie to me holds a special place in my heart. Oh, dude, because Howard Howard the Duck was one of the first stupid movies when I was eight years old. That was an, another tape that my parents had recorded mm-hmm. off the whole Showtime gig. That I would watch. I actually watched it so much that the tape broke. Yes. Well, I mean, it was the same with me with, you know, obviously Back to the Future, uh, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, be it the movies or the cartoons. Um, I was, I was, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I wasn't the biggest fan of the movies. They kind of disappointed me, though. I'm, don't judge me, but I was a huge, huge fan of the cartoon. I love the cartoon. I watched it religiously. And I had all the toys too. Mm-hmm. I had the I had the I had the turtle van with the mm-hmm. with the foot bombs and all that shit. Which that's what reminds me of that new the, the new Ghostbusters car with the freaking gunner seat. It's a similar style as the fucking seat that was on the damn turtle van. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still, to, to to go to go to that though is like like I was saying like Leo Tom. I mean even I think no Elizabeth Shue was just coming off of um, Adventures in Babysitting. And which is another good movie. Yes. Very, very, very underrated. Very good movie. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and like every movie that you've mentioned, I've seen. So I mean, it's like, obviously we're like you said, we're only like five years apart in age. Yeah. And well, so I mean, a lot of this stuff was all happening around the same time. But I mean, Elizabeth Shue, like I can see her face, 
And I always know her, you know, Jennifer in Back to the Future 2 and 3 because Claudia Wells' mom got sick and she had to go do that. Yeah, um, and she couldn't commit to the other two. Correct. That and what 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 boy in the 80s didn't have a crush on Elizabeth Shue? Uh, for me, it was more Phoebe Katz, but that was because she, of well, Fast she was like, well, the, well, the thing is, Elizabeth Shue was like the girl next door. True. So, and Phoebe Cates was like that unobtainable popular girl at school. So... And of course, then you also had the rat. You had the Brat Pack, which you know, Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. Ali Sheedy, you know, uh, who is it? Mary Stewart Masterson. Mm-hmm. So, and you probably know all of those that I mentioned mm-hmm. and what movies they were all in. I mean, mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, and Mary Stewart Masterson was some. I think it was called some kind of wonderful. Yes. With Eric Stoltz. With Eric Stoltz. And. Elizabeth Shue. Do you know what her very first movie was? Wasn't it Howard the Duck? Negative. What was it? The Karate Kid, sir. <gasps> no shit. Oh my god. I completely forgot because I think Karate Kid came out in what, 83? 84. 84. It's, oh, that's right because it competed with Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And lost. Mm-hmm. She played Allie. That is right, and she was also in some kind of wonderful. She played uh, the popular girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now this, now, now, yeah, you're right. Thank you for Jacqueline Johnson. My brain in the place here, dude. Um, and then, of course, you had John Cusack in uh, what is it? Uh, what was it? Um, the one say anything. Mm-hmm. And also, he was in uh, what was it? He was in another one too, where he was. Uh, there was the French, uh, tr- the, the French student that was, had this crush on him, and he was a skier, and uh, it was like, it's like, uh, it was something like "Kill Me Now" or "Just Kill Me" or something like that. It was, it was another one of those movies, and it had, and it had John Cusack in it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the guy that played Ducky in Pretty in Pink. So, uh, John. Whatever his name is, he was also in Two and a Half Men. Uh, anywho, I'm so getting way off fucking kilter here, but uh, just because I do. But like I said, back going back to what we originally started talking about, the the, the lesser known actors who were in Back to the Future and they kind of you know their careers kind of took off. There was one or two others. I mean, you had Crispin Glover. Well, Crispin who wasn't a very I mean, he wasn't a very well known actor at the time. Right, he wasn't very well known, but I mean, he he did have kind of a career because he was in, um, and I think I'm almost positive this was before Back to the Future. Um, he was in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. You might be right. Because Back to the Future was 1985. Where is... Oh, come on. Oh, and that's right. 1984. It was a year before. It was a year before. So Friday the 13th Part 4, or yeah, Part 4, which originally was never going to be Part 4. It was going to be the last movie had him in it. And that was a year before... Back to the Future. He's in Twister? Oh, a different Twister. Okay. Well, I mean, you also had... 
What's uh what's his name? Uh <laughs> James Token. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Strickland. Yeah, and he was a Broadway actor and a Shakespearean actor before he was in. Yeah, yeah, and he had a role in every movie. Yep, and the, um, so he was uh, Principal Strickland in one in both 1955 and 85, and he didn't have hair both times. Um, he was Principal Strickland, but the school had burned down six weeks ago in the alternate 1985. Um, and then he was Sheriff Strickland, Marshall Strickland in Back to the Future. Yeah. Funny story. Marshall Strickland, it didn't dawn on me that was a really in relation to Dean Strickland until a couple of years after I had seen the movie. Then I saw it a second time. I'm like, oh, it hit me. It's like, oh, shit. You know, that's Strickland. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? So... But yeah, uh, and then of course you had the ever so wonderful uh, bassist for Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea, as as Flea, mm-hmm. of course. I was getting into that as uh, uh, what was it? Um, needles, needles, yes. And he was in two and three. Mm-hmm. Hell, Flea, hell, Flea was in a couple movies. He was in that other movie too, where with Charlie Sheen. Uh, where he was driving the car, being chased by the cops, and then he was driving the monster truck. Oh, okay, yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie, yeah, but... Okay, so... <clears throat> but yeah, dude, yeah. It, it, I, mean, the, the, I mean, he was in the Back to the Future movies, and you had Wendy Jo Sperber, who was a big name at the time, who was uh, Marty's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, She was a big uh, in some of the goofy 80s movies. Um, so. so if you take a look at a lot of the things that um, they did in Back to the Future 2 um, you know obviously we don't have flying cars yet bastards um, however uh, when they first land and uh, Doc comes flying out of the car and he says first thing we gotta do is change clothes and Marty's like well right now it's pouring rain and Doc goes wait five more seconds and then the rain stops, obviously. Um, I would say that the weather has gotten just about that predictable. It's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, and don't forget uh, Don Fullalove. Who? Goldie Wilson. Mm, okay, yeah. Yeah. Although I've really never... Oh my, oh my gosh, he was actually, he's actually a character in American Dad. Yes. Anyway, I'm just saying, yeah. But, um, you know, the, I'm just looking at a lot of the stuff that came out of Back to the Future 2, or we could say came out of Back to the Future 2. Um, the, the flying camera that was taking the pictures for the newspaper, I mean, that could be drones. Um, widescreen, flat screen TVs. You know, obviously they had that with all the different multiple channels. Um, you know, welcome home, Jennifer, the talking wall paintings and everything like that. That could be smart home technology. 
uh, video chat system, Skype, you know, Facebook Messenger, Zoom, all that. You know, they had that in Back to the Future too. Um, VR, high, uh, hands-free video gaming. Um, digital billboards. You know, video billboards like we have all over the place now. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Okay. The creepiest thing for me that happened with Back to the Future 2. And tell me if you agree with this. The fucking Cubs. <laughs> and we live in Cleveland. So for us, this one hits us pretty bad. So, and obviously it was a year later. But um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. In Back to the Future 2, right after the uh, hoverboard scene where Griff and his gang gets arrested instead of Marty's son, quote-unquote. This old man, similar to the scene in Back to the Future 1, comes up to him and says, hey, save the clock tower. And, you know, lightning hit that thing 100 years ago, blah, blah, blah. And then Marty's watching one of the big, giant digital billboards, like I was just talking about. And it says... Cubs win World Series. It was a sweep against Miami. But it was the Gators, not the Miami Marlins, which used to just be the Florida Marlins. Um, So, obviously it didn't happen in 2015, but it happened a year later against our Cleveland Indians. So, that for us was kind of a negative uh, they came out of Back to the Future too. Um, but I think that's about it. But yeah, uh, the the Florida Marlins are now the Miami Marlins. So if the Cubs ever go to the World Series against Miami, I will be throwing my Back to the Future trilogy out the window. What about where? Huh? About Miami. Yeah, the the Florida Marlins, they're now the Miami Marlins. Oh, jeez. <sighs> yeah, so, like I said, if the Cubs ever go to the World Series against the Marlins, I'm throwing my Back to the Future trilogy out the window. <laughs> well, the thing is, it almost came to, power, came to be... Because the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. In, in, in 2016. Yeah, against they our were, Cleveland yeah. Indians, the bastards. I know, and we got screwed, but that's another. Yeah. By the goddamn weather. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, the, the, the Indians were on fire, and then that rain delay happened, and then they came out and they played like garbage, and the Cubs came from behind and won the World Series. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <sighs> But they did go to the world. Uh, the Cubs did actually go to the World Series in 2015, but they lost. And then they went back one year later and beat the Indians. But I do think um, the future of Back to the Future does still look very good. Um, I don't see these movies losing their luster anytime soon. And with the musical coming out. You know, that's just going to keep it alive. And then also, uh, DeLorean is making cars again. Obviously not with John DeLorean, because he's dead. Um, 
But, you know, I mean, DeLorean Motor Company is making DeLoreans again. And they're automatic, so I could drive it. Uh, I'd rather get the original five-speed. Because I can drive a stick. Yeah, I, I tried. I couldn't get it. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, other than, you know, obviously just getting a new box set every five years, kind of like we do with fucking Ghostbusters, um, what do you think might be coming from the future of Ghostbusters? What do you mean for or, Ghostbusters? Uh, uh, as... um, back to the future. Oh, uh, let's, you know what, dude? Honestly, uh, hold up. There is Notes. talk about reopening the ride. Because of the popularity, resurge of popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, there's going to keep releasing more, you know, versions of the trilogy. And they've also released the the, the entire season of the cartoon. Which I'm so um, happy about. Yeah, dude, that was pretty cool. And they're still writing episodes of um, in, in Dan Schoening's uh, comic book series, mm-hmm. uh, which I have yet to get the complete set because I really, 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 really want to see where Doc ends up because um, he made a time machine out of a, like, 1900s car with an old Navy diving compression suit that he wears when he time travels. Did you, uh, did you not play the Telltale video game? Uh, I did, but it wasn't really fun for me. No. I, I, I just, I don't like that whole click and find type crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the only Back to the Future game it, I ever it, got, it, so... I know, I know, and I'm not and I'm not dissing it. I mean, some people like that type of gameplay. I am not a fan. I did like the graphics. I did mm-hmm. play the demo. I did, you know, enjoy the nostalgia. <laughs> but I just, you know, I wasn't... It just wasn't for me. Yeah. So, but, you know, but it, but it was a nice nod to the Back to the Future community, and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, plus, there's plenty of goodies and things that we can still purchase and buy and collect, and you know that the, there's still enough interest in the franchise that those types of things will never go away. Right. And of course, the DeLorean will ever be for be held as the icon for the movie, mm-hmm. regardless if it's a Back to the Future modified DeLorean or just a standard DeLorean. It doesn't matter. You still look at it and you go. Doc Brown, Back to the Future. Or, anyone, or anyone worth their salt, that's what they're going to say. Or cocaine. <laughs> or cocaine and early 80s Miami Vice theme. No, 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 no. Dude, that's what John DeLorean got arrested for. Oh, I know. Did you see the movie? Yes. But I'll tell you what. The dude was a genius. Oh, absolutely, but I mean, I, I also think he got set up in that whole thing. Like, if you if you pay attention to a lot of that, it almost seems like he got set up. But, you know, he actually did write um, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale a letter thanking them for making the legacy of the car at least positive. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Did you also know John DeLorean was designed some of the most awesome General Motors designs back in the 60s. 
Yeah, uh, that's actually how he got his start in cars, and then he wanted to make his own car, and, well, um, check out the uh, documentary DeLorean. Uh, I think it's just called DeLorean. And Yeah, dude, I mean, it, the DeLorean itself was, the design was cool, mm-hmm. but the practicality was shit, because... You the struts for the doors were weak. The doors were too heavy because they were loaded with all kinds of air conditioning and equipment. The windows only had a little tiny section that would roll down. Um, there wasn't a lot of headroom. Uh, it was a 2.8 V6 Renault engine that had absolutely no power, and the car struggled to you know accelerate, have fast acceleration. And if the air conditioning failed, it got extremely hot in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the documentary was called Framing John DeLorean. It is available gotcha. on Hulu. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yes. But but the thing is, it was stainless steel, mm-hmm. and it had a design that just screamed, look at me, I'm beautiful. Oh, for sure. Um, however, uh, <laughs> my dad being... Uh, the mechanic that he is and everything, um, I actually asked him about the line from Back to the Future 2. Um, you know, he's in a 1955, uh, 1954 Ford and we're in a DeLorean, he'll rip through us like tinfoil. True. Right, absolutely. Just ask the train that... at the end of Back to the Future 3. <laughs> well, the thing is, a 1954 Ford, that's Detroit steel through and through. Mm-hmm. The DeLorean was aluminum. Mm-hmm. You have, to, you have three almost three tons of Detroit steel coming at you, at forty fifty miles an hour, and you have this piece of aluminum poop. It's going to rip it to shreds. Oh yeah, because oh. you have a you have a, almost a fifty fifty weight difference. Mm-hmm. Well, man, so I could sit here and talk Back to the Future for hours. Dude, I could sit here and talk Back to the Future until I fall asleep. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of my coworkers called off, and I got the call of duty that I have to go and prepare for. Hmm. So you need to get yourself some extra sleep now. Um. No, I need to be at work in a half hour. And you haven't even been to sleep yet. No. Oh, dude. Anyways, dude, get your ass out and get to work before I start rambling on again. All right, man. Well, I do have um, this episode of Money's Crazy Mind is also dedicated to the memory of Todd Florian, a friend of mine who recently lost his life to COVID. Yeah, um, really sorry to hear about that, man. I know he was a good friend of yours from your from your old job. Yeah, um, he was also a huge Back to the Future fan. Um, you know, loved all all the comic books and everything like that. So, uh, since this was a topic that was near and dear to him, I wanted to dedicate this episode to his memory. So, um, rest in peace, Todd, and uh, thanks for joining me, Matt. And we'll do it again some other time. Sounds like a plan, Stan. All right, man. Catch you later, buddy. All right, bye. Well, that's going to wrap up our Back to the Future talk this week. Thank you again, Matt, for coming on and saving the day for this podcast. Um, I wanted to ask Matt this question. And unfortunately, uh, we ran out of time, as you heard. Um, I had to 
get to work on an emergency kind of situation. Uh, but that is, what is your favorite Back to the Future quote? For me, and I think this one's actually pretty apropos for um, everything that happened with this episode, but it's, the future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. So make it a good one. Doc. Emmett L. Brown. From the end of Back to the Future Part 3. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Money's Crazy Mind. Have a great future, everyone. Have a week.